everybody. He's Herb Brooks. She's Patty. I'm Mike Ruzioni. No, wait, that ain't it. He's Jim Craig. She's Jack O'Callaghan. I'm Craig Patrick, the assistant coach. This ain't miracle, but it is Vikings Report. Drew and Ted Drewster, how are you? From 61. And he has done it again! This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. We work for this feeling every single week. Everything you got from here on out, week in and week out, we work for this feeling again and again and again until they don't let us play any more games. Ted, that was the greatest game I've ever watched being Vikings or anything else, that hockey game, that miracle. on uh, Miracle, I'm glad you chose Miracle tonight because it's one of my favorite movies. And I'm going to say it right now. It's the best sports movie ever made. For those that don't remember that point in American history, it was like we were beat down. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought America sucked. It was one of those things where that game against the Soviets became bigger than a game. What we have at hand, the rarest of sporting events. An event that needs no buildup, no superfluous adjectives. But manifestly, it is a hockey game. The United States and the Soviet Union. The movie's great, and, and I get it, but it, if you weren't there, it, you cannot convey just how momentous a lift that was for our entire country. And then all of a sudden you get the tying goal, and then you get a Ruzioni's goal with 10 minutes to go, and now it's like, whoa! It was way more than a game, and for me... As a kid, at the time, I was living in East Grand Forks. So a lot of those hockey players were from places like War Road and Eveleth and Bemidji. And they were Minnesota kids. They were Minnesota college kids, not much older than I am, and a couple guys from Boston. But let's just focus on the Minnesota kids that took on the greatest hockey machine I would argue the world has ever seen because the Soviets back then were a machine. Those comedy bastards. An absolute machine. Well, it, it was almost unfair. This game was played in 1980, and a lot of those Soviet Union guys were together since 1965. Yeah. It was like a kids against a bunch of seasoned veterans. You put that Soviet hockey team in the NHL, and they probably are Stanley Cup Finals contenders. They beat the NHL 6 to nothing leading up to that 1980 game. They beat the Americans in Madison Square Garden, what, 11-2 to two or something like that? 10-3. to 10-3. to three. But, but yeah. like a month before that, they took on the NHL All-Stars and beat them 6 to nothing. Yeah. It was a tremendous moment, not in American sports history, but in American history. Yeah. I get goosebumps just thinking about that game, and I get... I get choked up watching that movie when they beat the Soviets. I, I mean, I don't cry. I'm not a crier. I've, I've cried like two or three times. It's about as close as I get watching yes. that movie because it takes me back to that point in my life. And just like, man, how awesome was that? February 1980. I was 15 yeah. years old watching it with my brother. And you remember we took the lead on Eruzioni's goal, four to three, with like 10 minutes left in the yes. game. Yes. That was the longest 10 minutes of my <laughs> life. <laughs> some bourbon my brother gave me a cigarette i was smoking i tell you ted great choice for the night because the vikings are kind of our miracle team this year zero breathing room he tries to sneak it the ball is loose impossible it is a touchdown 
on their last breath. And the coach was Herb Brooks, University of Minnesota coach at the time, for those of you that don't know. And he's an iconic figure in the state of Minnesota. That guy was brutal. So, like, people don't understand back then how intense the rivalry was between Minnesota kids and Boston kids in college right. hockey. It was like putting Michigan and Ohio State together on a hockey team and then having either Woody Hayes or Bo Schembechler <laughs> being the coach of the entire team. Well, how about it, boys? Look like hockey to you? More like a couple of monkeys trying to hump a football to me. I don't know. What do you think, Craig? Yeah. You want to settle old scores, you're on the wrong team. Brooks was just a genius in saying, well, all right, look, to get these guys to gel as a team, they have to have a common enemy, and I'm going to be that common enemy. Right. And, it, oh, God, it's just, God, it's just such a great movie. You want me to play, huh? Is that what you want? I want you to be a hockey player. I am a hockey player. What about when they're on the line? Again. Again. <laughs> the other coaches were getting mad at him. Turning the lights off on the rink. Again. Her. Come on, Craig, blow the whistle. They concentrated a lot about the last guy that was cut for the U.S. hockey team in 1980 because Herb Brooks was the last guy cut from the 1960 U.S. hockey team, the last U.S. team to win the gold medal, and that was in Squaw Valley, Utah. And Herb Brooks, they were interviewing him about this movie, and Herb Brooks was telling the guy, so after I got cut, we're watching the Olympics on TV. I'm sitting on my couch at home in my living room, and my dad, you know, as the U.S. is winning the gold, my dad looks over at me and says, huh. Looks like the coach cut the right guy, didn't he? Oh, <laughs> can you imagine your dad just dropping that bomb on you like that? Thanks, Dad. Wow. Anyway, I think the Soviet coach lost that game for him by pulling Tretiak. Boys, you just put the best goaltender in the world on the bench. He did. Oh, he was a great goalie. And, and, uh, you, don't, you don't pull him. That's like no. pulling Mahomes at halftime. Yeah, he was the best goalie in the world. Yeah, that's like pulling Mahomes at halftime for throwing two interceptions. You don't do it. So how you doing? You doing all right? Doing great, Chad. We didn't have a, a post-game show. We didn't get to talk about that big Giants victory. Anything you want to touch on about that? Greg the Leg, 61-yard game. But so many lined up for that field goal. First of all, Ruby, how you doing? And did you think when Joseph was lining up for that 61-yard, he was going to make it? Hey guys, I'm doing good. 100% million, trillion, billion, no. <laughs> I told Drew, he's not going to make that. I didn't think he was either. Did you think he was going to make it, Drew? Not after Toots has said that. But, uh, <laughs> I actually had a feeling he was going to hit it because he makes the ones you don't expect. Yeah. If it was a 27-yarder or something, I'd have thought, no, he's not going to hit it. You know what's weird is there's been, uh, I think, 15,720 NFL football games, and there's only been 33 made field goals over 60 yards. About as astronomical as the American chances of beating the Soviets in 1980. Yeah, I bet you the odds are right around the same. You know what, Ted? When it comes to the Vikings, and Herb Brooks said it best, I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right players. Yeah. What is yeah. with the Vikings winning another close game, Ted? Everybody's been saying all year Vikings have been lucky. Look, when they were 2-1, and 3-1, and one, maybe even 4-1, and one, okay. I think it was Jordan Hicks, who was a player for the Minnesota Vikings, said this after the game Saturday. He said, hey, look, another one-score win, fourth-quarter drive. Do you feel like it's lucky? And he said, look, at some point, it's not luck anymore. This is who we are, and we know what we need to do. So maybe at some point, it isn't luck. And I, I crossed that threshold of it being more than luck probably about four or five weeks ago, maybe six weeks ago. After they had six or seven wins, it's hard to say – when you consistently do these things that you need to do to win the game, you're more than lucky. The only stat that matters is the Vikings are what? 12 and three. And you have to execute to get in position to cap these plays, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. 
enough with the luck. They may not be a very strong defensive team, but they are the best fourth quarter team in the National Football League. Yeah, I'm just really tired of this. Well, they're a bad team that's just gotten lucky. No, they're not. They're not. They're a good team that executes when they need to execute, and they make enough plays to win the game. You know what I have to say? What? I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you light the lamp like Mike Aruzioni and light this candle? He's right. (laughs) He's right. The Russians just pulled the best goalie in the world. So light this candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. All right, before we get going, a couple quick things. Ruby's going to run a quick promo about Purple Pain Forums and our website, vikingsreport.com. So, look, we got a big show tonight. We got Vikings NFL news. We got hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team. We got our Super Toe Challenge. We got our preview. We got trivia. But before we get going, purplepainforums.com. Purple Pain Forums, that is the, like, the best Minnesota Vikings chat room around it's better than social media like you just get so much crap on social media just these negative trollish comments you don't find any of that over on purple pain forums funky town and dan chat do a great job of moderating that board and it's not just vikings talk it's college football talk it's stuff that's not even really the sports you can talk you can talk politics there if that's your thing but it's well moderated it's very respectful debate a lot of great folks there great original content great contests purplepainforums.com. Go check it out. The other site we'd like you to check out is vikingsreport.com. Our website has links to all of our social media accounts, links to Purple Pain Forums, sections in the webpage for all of our contests. You can see the latest updated standings. Nobody cares about your fantasy team and Super Toe Challenge. Just a great site. Ruby's done a hell of a job getting that all set up. If you want to see the Vikings Report Vault, go check that out. And you can see what prizes are available. We give away prizes at the end of each live show we do. We got a link to our Zazzle page where if you, you want to buy a coffee mug or a travel mug, you can do that as well. So VikingsReport.com, go check that website. Ted, 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 it's a big week. Rivalry week. Yeah. We'll go to Lambeau and play the Packers. Yeah, it is. Our college teams have pretty big games on New Year's Eve tomorrow. They do. I think you got a better matchup than my college team does, but we'll see how it goes. Can you imagine if both our teams play for all the marbles? No. No, that I would can't. be crazy. That would be a crazy be season. All the way. But it's been crazy football season up till now. As crazy as the football season has been, it kind of wouldn't surprise me if that happened. I think Georgia may butt pucker. <laughs> I, I think they're going to prison rape Ohio State, but that's just me. Soviet Union rubbing Team USA 10-3. to three. And scores! And scores! He scores right between... I just do, man. It's a big week for football. It, it is. We got news. We got our contests. We got our big preview. And we've got Brewster's Millions. And we got trivia. We're going to kick things off with news, though. And now for the news. Americans, this is Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. Garrett Bradbury's still hurt. Cam Dancer's still hurt. James Lynch is now hurt. He's out for two weeks. Bradbury um, things starting to concern me, Ted. I would not be surprised if they rest Garrett Bradbury and wait until the Wildcard playoff weekend. I, I just don't expect to see him at all. Schlotman, his replacement has been okay. Look, he hasn't been Garrett Bradbury. Ironically, we're wanting Garrett Bradbury back. That's how much he's improved this year. But I'm okay with them sitting him until the playoffs if he's healthy. What about you? Yeah! Oh,
Yeah, but now I'm starting to worry about the playoffs. If you watch football, you know the hamstrings, high ankle sprains, back injuries. Those are the ones everybody says two weeks, and then two months later, you're still not playing. Those are the yeah. three things. The high ankle sprain, especially. If it means having it back for the playoffs, by all means, do it. Mm-hmm. Who else is injured? We got any more injuries for the Vikings? Cam Dantzler was a late scratch, I think, last week coming off IR. But, again, Duke Shelley's been playing well in his place. So, it's not as big of a loss as we thought. You know, like Caleb Evans is playing well. Patrick Peterson, of course, is playing well. Shannon Sullivan's even not doing too bad. So, I mean, the Vikings have found a little bit of depth. You know what, Ted? You look at the cornerback unit of this team the last three seasons. It's like a mash unit. It is. Yeah, it really has been. Yeah. The corner group cannot stay healthy for anything. No, I'm not going to worry about it too much right now. One thing I do want to talk about, though, we didn't have the postgame show, and it was a pretty historic day for the Vikings. You know, we talked about Greg Joseph hitting his franchise record 61-yard game-winning field goal at the buzzer. Justin Jefferson set two team receiving records. He broke Chris Carter's single-season receiving record. He now has 123 receptions. And he broke Randy Moss's single-season receiving yards record and he's got 1600 whatever it is now he's not too far from 2000 yards it's a realistic shot two more games of over 100 yards 120 130 yards and he's got it and that's very doable for justin jefferson i've been watching football 50 plus years i've never seen a guy two or three seasons in that is that polished as justin jefferson his iq in the secondary he knows where the dbs are going to be he knows where the safety is going to be he knows all the routes he knows if Somebody's leveraging him to the middle. He knows when to cut it outside. I'm so grateful that he's on our team. How many games do you think we won without him this year? Not 12. He's a special player. He's a special kid. Do you think he is legit MVP candidate, most valuable player in the NFL for 2022? He should be, but they always give it to the quarterbacks. So I really believe if anybody other than a quarterback has been in the running for it, it should be him this year. They don't give it to a guy in a losing team, and we're 12-3, and three, so you can't use that excuse. But right. I don't think there's a more valuable player on any team that Justin Jefferson is to the Vikings, do you? I have a question. Yeah. Did Calvin Johnson get MVP the year he did it? I don't think he did. Ted, ask somebody on our crack staff. Hey, crack crack staff, look look, look this up. Did, Did Calvin Johnson win the MVP? A crack staff or an on-crack staff? I can never figure it out. <laughs> nope. The last non-quarterback to win the MVP, Adrian Peterson, 2012, when he had his 2,000 yards. Who's the last receiver? I don't see a wide receiver that's ever won it. Jerry Rice never won it? No. Well, then that would be a first. So who won it over Calvin Johnson that year? Would have been, what, 2016? I think when he did that would have been Matt Ryan. We'll see what happens there. All right, folks, we should have wished you an almost happy New Year. We're about ready to turn the calendar to 2023. A lot of people make New Year's resolutions. Drew, do you make New Year's resolutions every year? No, Ted. I I set my standards in my life really low. That way nobody expects much out of me. I make very easily attainable ones. I'm going to drink some beer in 2023. That's New Year's resolution. That's one that is easily accomplished. As we look to 2023 and the New Year, we've come up with a couple New Year's resolutions for the Vikings. What are your New Year's resolutions for the Vikings? Please, God, get a defense. (laughs) (laughs) That can go for both the playoff run and next year. We need to get a defense together because that's probably going to be our unwinding. O'Connell has got rid of the gloom, changed the culture, great head coach. Everybody's on the same track, but the defense we got to fix. These are my resolutions for them for the playoffs. I'm coming. 
I want them to be better in the third quarter, and I want the defense to get off the field before the opponent gets into the red zone. I'm kind of sick and tired of them giving up first downs all the way down the field and then say, okay, let's play defense. And they get off the field, and they force a field goal. Sick and tired about hearing about how good the Soviets are. I'm sick and tired of it. It's our time. Oh, Ted. What a great movie. All right. So, yeah, that's my New Year's resolutions for the Vikings. All right. So that's our Vikings news for this week. Ruby, go ahead and hit Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team segment and our Super Toe Challenge. And we'll come back on the other side with our preview for the Packers game this week. Minnesota Vikings eliminate Green Bay from the postseason, or will their teams live on? We'll find out. All right. Well, this week, the Minnesota Vikings head to Green Bay Lambeau Field, take on the 7-8 and eight Green Bay Packers, that team from Wisconsin, as we like to refer to them here. Still a big game for both teams. Vikings still have that lead on, on San Francisco for the second seed. The Packers essentially need to win out and get some help to make the playoffs. So this is a big game for them as well. It's going to be an old-fashioned bond burner, as they used to say. (laughs) What is the weather going to be? Do we know? 35 to 39 with an 83% chance of showers. Really? Did my homework on that. I I don't prepare a lot for the show, but I did get the weather report. Could be a lot worse. So what we'll do is we'll move off to the side. Ruby's going to put up our big board here, which is our tribute to the old NFL Today show with Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek Schneider. You can see our categories. We start at quarterback. We end with intangibles. What are intangibles again? Stuff you can't see, son. Like Kirk Cousins' inner drive this season. You just can't see it. You can only feel it when he does it, which is what she said. <laughs> well, let's dive into this preview because it's going to be a big game, as they always are, against that team from Wisconsin. So I'll kick it off with quarterback, as I usually do. We've got two premier quarterbacks in the NFL this year, Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is the two-time defending MVP. He's been battling the thumb injury. His numbers are down somewhat this year. He's thrown 11 interceptions, his most since 2010, and he's only thrown double digits and interceptions twice in his career. That's 2010 and then this year. Not the same guy he was, but he can still kill you. If you watch that Dolphins-Packers game on, I believe it was on Christmas Day, he kind of looked like the Aaron Rodgers of old, kind of elusive in the pocket, making plays getting the ball to his receivers. But that said, man, it's not Aaron Rodgers' time anymore. Like, the media is trying to will the Green Bay Packers into the playoffs just to see Aaron Rodgers make one more run. I think he's done. I think the Packers are done. I don't think they're going to the playoffs this year. Even if they do beat Minnesota, 
A whole lot of other things have to fall into place for it to happen, and I don't think it will. Look, Kirk Cousins is fourth in the NFL in passing yards, fourth in the NFL in touchdown passes, fourth in quarterback rating. He's right up there with Mahomes. He's right up there with Burrow. He's right up there with Allen. He is an elite quarterback this year, whether you like it or not. If you don't like it, suck it, because he is. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is the guy I'm picking. You know, I had a tough time on this one, and I can't disagree with everything you just said. Other than the fact is we do these previews for these specific individual games. Mm-hmm. And beginning of the year was Cousins in that opening week, the first week of the season when we played that team from Wisconsin in our house. Cousins was clearly a better quarterback, but I think Rodgers is a different guy four months later right now. And for this specific game, the elements in his field, they're going to be playing their ass off because if they lose, they have no shot at the postseason. For this game, I had to give my check mark to Aaron Rodgers because these are the kind of games we don't win. Plus, the officials are going to give Rodgers every call in the book. And this will be the uh, last episode of Vikings Report, Drew and Ted. Uh, it's been a whole lot of fun. Drew, Ted, it's been a, it was great, and we're over. We're I, done. Did, I didn't want to select him, except no, I got to be honest. During no, the- I, I get why you would. I, I mean, I get the whole playoff angle. I do. I, I I truly do. But the Vikings have that second seed still out there. If the Vikings can win out and Hurts can't play, there's a chance the Vikings, it's remote. Well, that, it's very true. remote. So I think the Vikings are going to be just as motivated to do well in this game. And Kirk is going to be just as motivated to do well to A, maintain that second seed and B, you know, who knows? Maybe catch Philadelphia. It's doubtful. But with Hurts out and Minshew having to play, who knows? We'll see. You make a good point. That gives me enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. What do you got for the running game, Neil? Dylan and Jones are a really good one-two punch. They are. 658 rushing yards between them, Ted, and eight rushing touchdowns. Aaron Jones is within 40 of getting to 1,000. I think the two different kind of styles works well for them. They got Jones on the perimeter, the speedy guy, the receiver, and then they got Dylan, who's pretty much a masher power guy up the middle. So they can bring him in in different scenarios. I think they have more weapons using both of them than the Vikings do. I'm not sure what's going on with the Vikings run game anymore. I'm going to tell you this right now. If Schlotman plays, you've got to quit running Cook in the middle there, Ted. Cook's biggest plays of the year, the long run against the Bills, the long run against the Dolphins, the screen against the Colts, were all perimeter outside in space plays. The Vikings aren't that strong up the middle blocking. Why do they keep doing that? I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's aggravating. I'm giving the check mark to the Packers running back. I am too. You know, Aaron Jones is going to rush for a thousand yards when it's all said and done. He's got like 962. AJ, not Corey Dillon. If he has two like really huge games, which I guess this run defense, one of them is possible. Like you said, two really good backs. And they're both good catching the ball out of the backfield as well. I mean, they don't lose a lot when Jones goes out and Dillon comes in. They're different style guys, but they don't lose a lot of talent. The first game we played against him in week one, Dillon was the leading receiver. Brutal. Ten catches yeah. for a, and a touchdown. And Dylan was chewing up the Vikings between the tackles running the ball. Not Matthew Dylan. No. That would have been Dodge no. City. So, <laughs> And not Matt Dylan, the actor. What's the last movie Matt Dylan's been in, Ruby? Uh, the the Outsiders. Is <laughs> he a pony boy? He was in that movie. Yeah. Oh, he he was Darren or. Derry? Derry. Was yeah. he Derry? Okay. Yeah. Stay, stay gold, pony boy. <laughs> stay gold, pony boy. Tough, tough hair. We are mentally not right. So mentally. So you're giving right. a check mark to the running backs of the Packers. How can you not give the running game check to, to the Packers in this case? However, for the receiving game, I mean, everybody talks about Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and, oh, my God, Christian Watson. Ah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Shut up, they suck. I'm sorry, they're not great. They're, they're not. They're not. Christian Watson has, like, seven touchdowns. Okay, he got him in, like, a three-game span. I was without Wi-Fi, so this storm kind of screwed up my Christmas plans. 
because my youngest daughter is going to fly home from Portland and she couldn't come home because of the storm and our Wi-Fi was out for the better part of three days. I had more drop calls in three days than I have ever had in my life. And it was still not as many drop calls or drop passes as Christian Watson and Alan Lazard. And Romeo Dubs, honestly, he might even be dead. I don't know. I haven't heard from him. He might be in witness protection. I don't know. Vikings receivers get the check mark. <laughs> so well, How's that for analysis, baby? That, that is a top-notch analysis right there, Ted. I am, too, giving the Vikings the check mark for the wide receiver for the four Norsemen. Did you know what the wide receivers did in the first meeting against the Vikings? You know, Christian Watson dropped that yeah. ball in the very first pass, very first play of the game for Green Bay. Dubs, Dobbs had one catch for 11 yards, and Watson had one catch for seven yards. Oh. That's Two catches for 18 yards, if you do the math right. They're a lot better than they used to be. I'm not yeah. saying they're the same guys, but it's going to be hard-pressed for anybody to pick against the Viking receivers. It's just can Cousins come through with the big pass, but I'm giving the Vikings right. a check mark too. Okay. What about O-line? The last four games, Jets, Patriots, Lions, and Giants, the Vikings have allowed 17 sacks in those four yeah. games. Yeah, Kirk's getting hit an awful lot. They have now allowed 45 sacks on the season. Last year, they allowed 30, which is 15 less, and they still have two games to play. The O-line is looking worse and worse as the season goes. I don't know what's going on. Run blocking is lacking as well. I'm not sure what's happening. The Packers may have trouble at tackle. Both their tackles seem to be hurt all the time, and they're out. Yeah. And the Vikings got the advantage to tackle. But let me yeah. tell you where the Packers have a considerable favorite in this game. That is with Josh Myers, Jenkins, and Runyon. Yeah. Their interior of their O-line is much better than ours. Yeah, I think and so, And that's where they like to run the football. And that, at the end of my research, that's why I've given the Packers a check mark on the O-line. The Vikings O-line is, seems to get worse every week. What is going on with those guys, Ted? It's amazing to me that we're saying this, but I think Garrett Bradbury is missed in the middle of that line. The Vikings offensive line was doing pretty well until Garrett Bradbury went out. And now they're just kind of treading water. The offensive line plays as one group. And, and if one guy is struggling, now you've got, yeah, Guys true. like Cleveland and Ingram kind of looking over to the Schlotman need help and they're not worrying about their guy. And and that was kind of the issue the Vikings offensive line had in past years because Bradbury was the weak link or Ole Udo was the weak link or they both were. And guys were not able to do their assignments because they kind of felt they had to do both. I mean, look, Christian Derrissaw and Brian O'Neill have locked down the tackle position. Ezra Cleveland is becoming a pretty solid left guard. I think Ed Ingram, his game is picking up, but until Bradbury is back, I think you're going to see this inconsistency in the offensive line, which is why I'm giving it to the Packers as well. Not to make it excuses for the O-line, but they've given up 45 this year and only 30 all last year. Yeah, I think we're playing some better interior guys this year, too. I mean, Buckner, yeah. you can yeah. name all those all the interior guys who have been playing the last six weeks. There's been some really, really good players. That could maybe play a part into why they're giving up so much pressure on Kirk Cousins. What do you got for D-line, amigo? Russ Blacklock hasn't played well. He's kind of been injured. Karis Tonga has played well. I mean, like, low-key, that guy has played some good football. Yes, he has. What's his PFFs? Like 90 or something. 77. That? Tonga's That's in a 77, good. yeah. Phillips and Thomason, I think, are playing pretty well. But when you look over, the, the Packers also run a 3-4 like the Vikings do. Kenny Clark, you know, having a down year by Kenny Clark standards. But when you look at Kenny Clark versus Austin Schlotman and compare that to, like, Dalvin Thompson or Harrison Phillips versus Josh Myers, I think the advantage there is to Green Bay. So for that reason, I'm going to give the edge to the Green Bay Packers defensive line here. Although I like the Vikings and that their depth is, seems to be getting better. The Packers just seem to have the better matchup this week. Yeah, for the first time in Vikings report, big board history, I didn't give a check mark to a position. 
I just said I'm going to go with whatever Ted picks because I cannot wow. I cannot pick the D-line. And, and here we go. Kenny Clark, one of the best interior D-linemen in the league. We got mm-hmm. another one. We just mentioned Buckner and all the guys we just faced. Yep. Dexter Lawrence, we just got done playing him. They should not be running that ball in the middle. With, with Kenny Clark, you're going to end up wasting downs. Week by week and preview these games, the front defensive line is almost turning into maybe we should change it to the front seven. Because all those positions are so interchangeable. Yeah, Smith and Daniil Hunter are kind of playing a hybrid linebacker end position, right. depending on what their assignment is on the play in the situation. So, yeah, I could see that. What about linebackers? It was really close for me, Ted, but I still like the Vikings linebackers. The Packers have four good linebackers, but really it's all about Preston Smith and Devondre Campbell. Mm-hmm. Those are the two playmakers they got as linebackers. Inigbare and that other guy, Quay Walker. They're just marginal guys. And they really took a blow when Rashawn Gary got hurt, too. He's had injured reserve, and so yeah. is the cornerback, Stokes. They lost yeah. both, both those guys from their defense. Dylan killed us out of the backfield in that week one matchup we played on the first time. The Vikings have got to control that zone. they got to control the flats with the running backs. they got to pursue to that area. Maybe get Asamoah some more snaps in this one because he's a speedy guy laterally. Yeah. I think he should be playing more anyway. But I like the Viking linebacker unit a little bit more right now than the Packers do. But, you know, Devondre Campbell and Preston Smith, if you watch that game on Christmas Day against the Dolphins, man, they were destroying the Dolphins. They were, yeah. They are very good linebackers, and you got to track them. But I'm still going to give the Vikings a check mark. I'm picking the Vikings linebackers, too. I mean, Daniil Hunter, I think, had three sacks last week. He's really starting to come on since Ed Donatel realized, hey, maybe it's a good idea if I have my best pass rushers rushing the quarterback. What a, what a novel idea. Just stupendous strategery. Yeah, I like the Vikings linebackers here. Brian Asamoah had, I thought he had a very good game last week. He, he had that forced fumble recovery. That was beautiful. Uh, against that? the Giants. The guy, you know, he doesn't look like a linebacker. He's not a very big dude, but what he, he lacks in size, he makes up for in speed and the ability to get to the point of attack, which is something guys like Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks have sort of struggled with at times this year. I'm going to give the the Vikes, the checkmark here. All right, secondary. Look, the Green Bay Packers, I think, are third in the NFL in passing yards allowed. They're pretty good. The Vikings are 32nd in the NFL in passing yards allowed. So it would be almost malfeasance on my part to pick the Minnesota Vikings. You know, the, the Vikings have faced some of the best secondaries in the NFL this year, and the Vikings have absolutely shredded some of these defenses. Sure. So I think the Vikings are going to have success, but the Packers secondary is still better than Minnesota's. It just is. We were going to go out on the limb and give them the check mark two weeks in a row, but we can't do it. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not. I think our safeties are a little better with Smith and Bynum compared to Amos and Savage. Yeah. Uh, Amos is one of the best tacklers in the league. I think he's missed two tackles all season. They may have a little bit stronger corner group, but the receivers come into play. If we could tear up the Jets secondary, we should be able to move the ball against them. Yeah. If the Vikings can run the ball, then they certainly would be able to make up passes. But they can't be in second and 15 all day. No. No, they can't. I think I'm going to give the Vikings a secondary, Ted. Whoa. Look at For two you. weeks in a row, I am. I think they're going to make a big play. I like the way Shelley's playing. And I think they're due for a couple interceptions on Rodgers. Happy and New Year indeed, Mr. Bunting. I think I, I am going to give them. And I can look dumb. I've looked dumb before, probably within the last week. All right. What about Red Zone? Red zone, both teams, week one when they played the first time, they were both one for three in the red zone. That was four months ago. Both teams have changed a lot since then. I'm giving the Vikings the red zone check mark simply because they have a higher ranking touchdown percentage offensively and defensively. Yeah. The Vikings are seventh in offense in the red zone and 15th in defense. And I think the Packers are 24th and 20th, respectively. The same they are. Thing. 
Yep. Vikings rank higher. Vikings get my check mark. Okay. Same here for me. Those rankings for the Packers was kind of surprising. They're supposed to have this really great defense, really good offense, and they've just kind of struggled in the red zone all year on both sides of the football. So and the Vikings defense, look, say what you want. Uh, they give up a ton of yardage. I mean, a ton of yardage. But the last four games, when the field shrinks and they get in that red zone area, the Vikings defense bows up and they do a pretty good job of keeping teams out of the end zone. It's frustrating to watch teams march, you know, two plays and they're across midfield already. That's just aggravating as hell. But if they can keep teams out of the end zone, they're going to give themselves a, a chance to win. And that's kind of what's been happening. And I, I kind of see that unfolding again on Sunday. So I'm going to take, take the Vikings as well. Special teams. Mason Crosby is 73 years old and still kicking footballs in the National Football League. <laughs> I think he's the same age as David Crosby. I mean, Mason Crosby has been around so long. He came to the Packers when they were still playing half their home games in Milwaukee, for crying out loud. Older than Bing Crosby. <laughs> Whatever the problems that the Vikings had the last couple weeks against the Colts, they had that block punt uh, for a touchdown. They had just terrible special teams. I couldn't kick cover, couldn't punt cover, couldn't do anything. They fixed it last week. Ryan Wright got back to booming kicks. We talked about Greg Joseph nailing that 61-yarder. They had a block punt against the Giants. Big moment in the game. I like the Vikings special teams. I'm going to give them the check mark. The Vikings special team has easily been the most consistent unit on their team. Matt Daniels, big shout out for him. Punting and kicking in cold weather, it's different. It just, it is. I'd give the Vikings special teams a check mark if they were indoors back home at U.S. Bank. Okay. But I think that's going to play into it, the climate and the weather conditions. Mason Crosby, even though he's 73 years old, he's probably attempted more cold weather kicks than anybody in NFL history besides our very own Fred Cox. We're picking it just for this specific game. I'm yeah. giving the special teams to Green Bay this week. Yeah, that's fair. I, I can't argue with that. Coaching. Matt, cram it up your cram hole the floor. I hate that guy. Versus Kevin O'Connell. He's like the Russian coach with those huge eyebrows. I don't like him. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> He has no idea what to do. And he's sitting there twiddling his eyebrow. I could knit 12 sweaters with the Russian coach's eyebrow. <laughs> Here's the thing. If we go week by week, the Packers currently sit at what? Seven and eight with the two-time back-to-back MVP at quarterback. You come into the season, you're supposed to have one of the top defenses in the NFL. Yeah, a couple guys been hurt, but everybody's gotten hurt. And you're supposed to have better receivers. And you're supposed to have better receivers. You got Christian Watson in the draft after you Swear you fleeced the Minnesota Vikings in that second round. You got Alan Lazard. You got Romeo Dubs. Whatever. Matt LaFleur has tremendously underachieved this year. And this is the first year he's really faced adversity as a coach. I mean, look, man, you, he's had it pretty easy his first two or three years in the league. 13 wins, 13 wins, and what, 14 or whatever the hell it was? Yeah. He's led a charmed life as a head coach. And now that he's faced some adversity, he hadn't done all that great. Kevin O'Connell, on the other hand... I think he's overachieved. I mean, I had this team pegged at maybe nine or ten wins coming into the season. They're at 12 right now with two to play. Outside shot at home field advantage in the playoffs. Really good chance to maintain the number two seed. Kevin O'Connell has said earlier in the season, we play at our best when our best is required, and he's gotten that out of the Vikings just about every single week. He's had his flubs, he's had his mistakes, and he's had his moments. But the good far outweighs the bad in his rookie season. I'm going to take Kevin O'Connell this week. I have a little bit of mixed emotion about this because when they met in week one, Kevin O'Connell clearly outcoached LaFleur. He did. That, that was the Vikings' best game of the year, week one. That, that was 
a do- almost a dominant performance. Biggest margin of victory was that week one. Yep. And we, here we are at week 17, and we haven't seen a double digit since. <laughs> no, we have not. But you know what? I think he started prepping for that game about May for that Packers game. I think O'Connell was going to say, I mean, he leaves all of them, but I'm not losing that opener at okay. home. You combine that with, we're talking coaching staffs, not just head coach. Oh, yeah. Ed Donatel is a liability, bro. He is. And I can't give the coaching nod to the Vikings with that guy calling plays on defense. Not in Lambeau, not January 1st when it's cold, and not with Green Bay chasing the last playoff spot. Donatel is not aggressive enough. And we're talking about the whole coaching staff. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got to give the check mark to Green Bay on this. That's, that's, that's fair. It's wrong, but it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our last category, my favorite one, intangibles. That's right. What do you got for intangibles, brother? First thing I wanted to just shout out to everybody. Be ready now. Get your anger card ready because do not expect to get any calls this weekend on this no, game. Not one. The, the Packers are going to get every call. Rodgers is going to get every call. You're going to be mad at the outcome of how they officiate this game, but I want you to know right off the bat that team for Wisconsin is getting all the calls. The NFL officiating is the worst in all of sports, and this is going to fall right into – we got to keep Green Bay alive. They're going to get the call. And I'm not, you know me, Ted, we've known each other a lot of years. I'm not a big officials conspiracy guy. But games like this, you watch. That's my intangible. Playing in the cold weather, is, is, is the climate's always an intangible when you're going to Lambeau Field. So between the climate and the officials giving Green Bay all the calls, and they're going to do that, they get the intangibles. I can't disagree with that. The Vikings are one of the least penalized teams in the NFL. It would not surprise me. And if Jerome Boger's crew is calling this game, I would expect no less than 10 penalties against the Minnesota Vikings. And they are going to be some of the most phantom bull calls you have ever seen in your life. That's how I feel, too. Although the Vikings have played well in cold weather. I mean, Buffalo, the weather conditions in Buffalo were very similar to what the Vikings are going to face on Sunday in Green Bay. And they they played okay. This is going to be a tough game for both teams. And the one that is the most mentally tough of the two is going to win. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's sore. There's still a lot to play for for both teams. And I I think the one team that is the most mentally prepared to endure what they have to endure to get the win is going to be the one that gets the win in Lambeau Field on Sunday. Well, how are you seeing it? Summarize this game for me, Ted. Dalvin Cook is, I think, the, the key matchup. Dalvin Cook against the Packers front seven. If the Vikings can get Something going with Dalvin Cook early, it's going to open up the entire offense. Look, I love Kirk, and I love the guys he's throwing to. T.J. Hawkinson's an all-pro. Justin Jefferson is having a hell of a career, not just this year, but they're going to have to keep Green Bay off balance. I, I think no matter what, if you take away the Vikings running game, with the way the Vikings offensive line has, has played the last month without Garrett Bradbury, they're just going to start teeing off on Kirk, and right. it's going to be hard for him to have time to throw. If he can get time, I think he'll do well. I think Green Bay is is probably going to plan to eliminate Dalvin, tee off on Kirk, and, and if the Packers can get a lead, I, I can see this being a long day. We'll get a little right Reverend Jones here. Yeah, I'll go with you on that. Yeah. I'm not feeling it. With all the intangibles that we talked about, I think this is a game that the Packers are going to pull out. Ew. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. Ted, we'll be... The last eight games we played in Lambeau Field, we yeah. haven't done that bad. We're three, three, and two. It's always an adventure in Lambeau. We've watched 100 games between ourselves at this stadium. Overall, the Vikings are in third down way too much. Yeah. Way too much. 
Can they get a first down on either first down or second down, please? That'd be nice. Too many times they're in second and 12. The three concerning areas, I have the Vikings secondary, the Vikings tackling, which I don't know what's going on with the tackling, Ted, and the Vikings O-line. Those are my three concerns. I don't feel good about this game. I think the team from Wisconsin is going to come out on top, and we're probably going to be angry in our post game, not only at the officiating, yeah, but at some of the mistakes the Vikings made. But I don't feel good about this game either. I think they're going to get us by maybe a touchdown. Yeah, I think so too. My last note says I think they're hungrier than us. Yeah. It seems like they're going to have a little bit more playing on the line. All right, so that'll do it for our preview. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Gabriel's going to come back, introduce us to Drewster's Millions. And then I'm going to give you my picks after that, and then we'll roll right into trivia. Did you get the skates? Yeah, you plus crazy lights, just like you said. Excellent. Soon the championship will be ours. <laughs> USA Prime Credit, I am Peggy, here for you. Peggy, my card's not working. Yes, it's a common problem. Look, come on, Peggy, I need some help. Three weeks. Look, I'm Tim Thomas, I'm good for the fair. <laughs> You're not Tim Thomas. This is Tim Thomas. Peggy, Peggy. Hey, here's your pizza. Oh, dude, thanks, I'm starving. How did that happen? Uh, do you mind if I use your bathroom? Hey, Max, I'll trade this PB&J for that bologna sandwich now and a piece of fruit to be named later. Come on. Yeah, throw in the cookies, Doug, and it's a deal. Kid's an animal. We are back with Brewster's Millions and Skull Vikings. Yeah! yeah! How are you? Good. This week we have NFL Miracles, Sharon's Doppelgangers, and of course, our weekly picture puzzles. Oh. All right. So, of course, I'm USA and you guys are Russia. <laughs> Mm-mm. Soviet Russia face smiles you. <laughs> that was terrible. I'm so bad. Let's do it. NFL Miracles, Ted. Yeah, so this isn't like miracles that you would think of, like the catch. This is, wow, it is a miracle. You were drafted by an NFL team because you wound up sucking. So for 100, I was drafted by Carolina in 96 in round one, and I came from Michigan. Tim Biakapatuka. I was going to say, was that Tim Biakapatuka? Yes, it was. Good. That guy, that guy ruined my fantasy team for like three years. He, he also ruined Ohio State when they were 11 and 0. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shut speaking up. of Ohio State. Oh, yeah, oh, here we go. I was drafted by Baltimore in 82 in round 1. Oh, uh, Arch Leister. Arch Leister. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Never bet on Arch Leister. <laughs> I said 10 bucks you won't hear from Arch Leister again. <laughs> 
All right, these other two are just random. Not Ohio State or Michigan. All right. Drafted in Cleveland, 07, round one from Notre Dame. Brady Quinn? Would that be Brady Quinn? That would be Brady Quinn, yes. Ed! Miracle you were drafted. <laughs> Actually, God, how many of the Cleveland quarterbacks? Oh, all of them. They've had like 40 in the last six years. All right, for 400, Cleveland, 2000, round one, Penn State. Oh, um, oh, they, they, Courtney... Courtney Brown. Yes. 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 Good sweep, you guys. Who was the guy? He, uh, he was also with Penn State on that same defense. Played for Washington. LeVar Arrington, right? LeVar Arrington. Yeah. yeah. That was a, man, that was a great defense. All right. So Sharon's doppelgangers. You're going to see a picture of Sharon and a doppelganger, and you just have to name who the doppelganger is. Okay. For 100. Name the doppelganger. Nicholas, <laughs> Nicholas Page. <laughs> That is Nicholas. Oh, <laughs> why did I put Nolte? I don't know, but that's Nicholas Cage. That is Nicholas Cage. Sorry, that's my mistake. You're correct. Nicholas Cage Rogers. All right. <laughs> Name the doppelganger. Michael Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that weird? That is. Yeah. That is, yeah. That is Steve Carell Rogers. All right, for 300, name all the winners. Helen DeGeneres <laughs> Rogers. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. All right, for 400 in the sweep, name the doppelganger. Ned Flanders Rogers. <laughs> yes. All right. When Ned Flanders makes your show, Ted, you got a good episode going. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I am not doing good. These are your average weekly picture puzzles. These are all current Green Bay players. For 100, name the player. Are these Viking guys or Packer guys? They're all Packers. Corn. Something corn, Ted. Misery corn. Or runner. Ear. Something ear. Track? Or runner? Run. <laughs> corn ear? <laughs> I don't know. Depressed? Corn? <laughs> I don't know. This. Who is it? Randall Cobb. <laughs> Dull. <laughs> Randall. <laughs> Excellent. Well done, uh, USA. USA got that one. All right, for 200, name the player. Mercedes Lewis. Yes. <laughs> 85 years old and still playing tight end. I'm not even counting points anymore. You guys are killing me. All right, for 300, name the player. Oh, man. D? That's D. Um, something tent cow? Camping cow. Okay, the guy in the middle is now on the Bills. Oh, that's Von back. Miller. So D Miller, Devon Campbell. <laughs> that's Devondre Luther Campbell, De isn't it? De Devondre Campbell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, De Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That is Dr. Dre over there on the right. All right, last picture puzzle for 400. Name the player. Kent. Kenny Clark. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you guys for playing. We'll see you next week. Intenses. Yeah. And for the last week, can we just have 12 picture puzzles oh, God. for the grand finale show for the season ender? Yes, I will do all picture puzzles. Oh, God. Oh, that was <laughs> tremendous. Oh, that was so good. Ruby, thanks so much. That should about do it for episode 85. Drewster, Sammy White episode. 
one of my absolute favorite players growing up. The only thing people remember him by is that hit Jack Tatum gave him in Super Bowl eleven. He's a great receiver, much more than that. As always, I have an absolute blast doing the show with you. Thanks to everybody that watches. Thank you so much. Please like, please subscribe. Drew and I and Christopher Gates will be back on Sunday at the conclusion of the Vikings-Packers game. We'll try to do better the next time, but for now, Drew Stewart, why don't you take us home? Episode 85, we're going to put big bow on it. Ted, good to be back here with you again. Glad you had a good holiday season. Good luck to your team tomorrow, as well as good luck to mine. We have a busy football weekend, but we want to say be sure to like and subscribe to our show. Um, it means a lot to us. You guys are really carrying the show. We've just added some more stuff to the prize vault. So, Tootsies, the production is USA Hockey 1980, where you are our miracle on Gold ice. medal. Gold oh, medal. All the way. Gold medal production by Tootsies. Ted, you're the best host in the business. I hope nobody offers you money so you leave the show. I would hate to see that. <laughs> I think that's all we got for this week. I'll see you Sunday, probably about 5 o'clock or something, hippie time. Okay. Enjoy your Vikings football. We'll see you after the game. Say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. Go Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. <laughs>